This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by our Full Focus Referral Program. Send $10 to a friend and earn $10 for yourself at fullfocusplanner.com slash share the love. Like again, I've said this many times, I wish people could see what's going on right now because you're literally balancing. I don't, I don't even actually know what you have on your head right now. Our producer Nick thought it was a laptop. It's not. It's a metaphor is what it is, Courtney, because aren't we all sometimes just feel like we have to balance so much on our heads? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. At yeah, any moment it yeah. could topple. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I just thought it'd be funny. Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet. So you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays. I'm Verbs, here with Courtney Baker and Blake Stratton. Happy Monday to you both. And happy Monday to you, sir. Thank I think you. I'm How British this. I think I'm British this week. Let's do it. Let's roll. <laughs> can you try? Well, can you please say something first and let us tell you? Let's grade your accent first. No, I'm just we gonna. Go I'm, I'm going to offend. We have people in England right. who actually listen to this, and they're about to unsubscribe so hard when they hear me talk like this, Governor. <laughs> oh my gosh, we just lost twenty percent of our. There they go. Wow, he I felt it. I felt the wave. The entire UK. Okay, we have a really important uh, episode for y'all. Again, this is what did we call this, Blake, on the last episode? What did what did Nick want us to call this series? I can't even remember. May I help you? Was that very, like it's a it's a very polite series. You have to May say it just like that you. in that tone. Get it? Because yeah. it's the month of yes. May, and we're answering listener questions, questions that folks right. like you, mm-hmm. dear Londoner, who just unsubscribed. Uh, what folks like you have asked in our full focus community. So Verbs, what is the big question that we're answering today? Well, today we're going to talk about the question of this, because as you mentioned, it does come up quite a bit in the full focus community. But what do I do when I don't decide my own tasks? Like I work a job where I do not have the autonomy to where I'm setting what my my daily big three look like. In other words, in other words, I'm so overwhelmed yes. that it's someone else's fault. I'm just kidding. There That's you go. a harsh way to look yeah. at it. Um, <laughs> Basically that. And if I don't like the work that I've been assigned, what do I do? JK, JK, this is a real mm-hmm. thing. When you don't have autonomy, maybe you're not, you know, maybe you're not Michael Hyatt and you don't decide everything in your schedule and you can't tell everyone no. You, you report to somebody Mm-hmm. And you don't decide all these tasks that you've got to do. How do you set a, a reduced or a daily big three when everything is seems to be urgent or everything's been asked of you? And worse, what happens if a lot of the stuff that are on your task list is stuff that you don't actually like? If you find yourself there... If you are continuously doing work you don't want to do, you know, that's where you end up tired at the end of the day, you know, and where you dread going to work and you certainly hate Mondays. That's what we're going to be talking about today. We have some options if this is where you find yourself to start loving Mondays again, because that's that's what this show is all about. Courtney. Blake, 
help us just understand where do we even start with what our options are. Where you want to start is understanding where your dread is coming from specifically. Why do you dread doing tasks or what tasks do you not dread? Where do you find your highest impact in your role and whatever job you've got? And to accomplish that, to give you a a diagnostic of that, we have a tool called the Freedom Compass. The Freedom Compass. It sounds great, doesn't it, Courtney? Yeah, so we this tool, uh, the Freedom Compass, it is incredible. Um, if you are interested in kind of the full-blown version of this, it's part of our course, uh, Free to Focus, which again, Free to Focus and Best Year Ever, those two courses are what we built the Full Focus Planner on. So if you hear us refer to those as part of this podcast, that's why the planner is built off those um, frameworks. Um, But let me just give you a really quick overview of this if you wanted to do this. The quickest way is to make a list of all of your tasks that you do. Take a week, take two weeks, just think everything you do. Like you go to this meeting, you do uh, this thing, you do expense reports, you have this report you turn in every month, you know, make a list of all your tasks. And then I want you to categorize each one um, as either a desire zone, uh, meaning you're both proficient at it and passionate about it. So proficient in that it moves your business forward. You know, I, I could have something in my desire zone that has nothing to do with my work, but proficient and passionate at it. On the flip side of that is your drudgery zone and you are neither proficient in it or passionate about it. Um, There are two other zones, but just to give you a really quick glance at this, it's going to give you uh, which things are in your desire zone and which things are in your drudgery zone. Right. So the reason this is important is because when you feel a sense of dread, it's because you're doing things where you either lack proficiency, meaning I'm no good at this. And so when I engage with it, it's really... Uh, it feels meaningless because it doesn't add a lot of value or it's not Mm -hmm. the value that I was hired to bring to my job or it just feels like I'm climbing up a slippery hill. I'm just, I'm not proficient at it. Or it's because you lack passion, meaning maybe you even are good at it, but you really don't care. It does not excite you in any way. On the flip side, when you're doing something you're passionate about, four hours can roll by and you still have energy. It's like, wow, where'd the time mm-hmm. go? I, I just loved mm-hmm. engaging with this. And when you're passionate, those things you're passionate about, you can do with a high level of consistency, which is really important to know. But it's equally important to know what of those things that you have passion actually, as you said, Courtney, move the needle or drive the results that you're responsible for. What, Which right. of those things is your boss you know, did you get hired for because you're you're good at doing those things? And when you live in that zone, or maybe I should say it this way, the more you live in that zone, the more energized you feel and the more value you bring, the more impact you have at your job. Mm-hmm. So it is in your boss's best interests. It's in everyone's best interests. It's in your best interests to look at that zone at the desire zone. So Anyway, if you like Courtney said, if you want to go deeper, we have a course. Go ahead, Courtney. Well, let me just give one disclaimer in this because I just like all of a sudden I feel like all of our listeners are like they do the list, they figure out what's in their desire zone, and they're like, 
I'm quitting my job. There's not enough in my desire zone. <laughs> That's not what we want you to do. I mean, although if it's like I'm 0% in my desire zone, maybe you do need to do it. But um, it. the idea is not that you would have 100% in your desire zone. The idea is that you are over the course of your career moving into a higher and higher and higher percentage into your desire zone. So we all have things, even Michael Hyatt has things that are in his drudgery zone, but mm-hmm. then when he's aware of it, then he can work to move them out of his drudgery zone. Um, so there, I just want to give that quick disclaimer. And then again, we're giving this piece of information before we move into these strategies. Again, the question that we're going to be answering is, what do I do when I don't decide my task? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to have to process what that looks like on their own um, in their current you know, job situation. Today, we are going to look at those four strategies that you can use to do more of the work you love and less of that work that you hate. So the reason for your dread will shape how you find your way going forward. So what's the first strategy that we should be thinking about uh, to help us move forward? The first strategy is sometimes the hardest strategy, but it is a strategy that you have total autonomy of in any given moment, and that is your thinking. You need mm-hmm. to reframe your thinking first and foremost. Sometimes it's not that a task needs to change, but the way that you think about it, your perspective on that task needs to change. A lot of times, you know, if we get stuck on like the task or micro-focused on the task rather than kind of the bigger why behind why we're doing this task, we can lose some of that passion. So the first like thing you can do here is just reframe your thinking to think of, you know, why? Why is this important? And that Mm -hmm. really subtle shift can be really empowering. And sometimes, you know, uh, and probably a lot of times, you know, perhaps a specific task doesn't matter to you, but it does matter to your boss. We get asked this question all the time. You mm-hmm. know, if if my boss asks me to do a task, do I have to do that task? Well, yeah, you you, you probably should, you know. Um, <laughs> Let me yes. give you some really sound advice on this podcast. Yeah, it's a good idea, you know. Um Unless you're 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 like doing what we said earlier in the episode, and you're ready to quit your job, then yeah, try that. Try that. If you've already put uh, in your two weeks' notice, feel free yeah. to not do those tasks. <laughs> yeah, feel free not to. So if it matters to your boss, but it doesn't matter to you, you know, you could shift to, to a bigger why by just saying, "Hey, you know what does matter to me? Moving forward in my career. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm working towards a big promotion, or I have a goal." of getting a raise next year, you know, that kind of makes a different, you know, shift. And then you say, actually, you know what? I do care about this task because my boss cares about this task. It also, this, in terms of your thinking, I think upgrading your why is really helpful. I also think uh, understanding that the experience of what you don't want to do is a teacher and is a clarity bringer for what you do want to do in the future. Like you said, move my career forward. Mm-hmm. If you are struggling with this, you know, gosh, there's so many tasks and I don't like to do them. I want you to just consider for a second, for how long have I felt this way? Did I feel this way at my job before this? Did I feel mm-hmm. this way about my job before that? One thing I've noticed about people that seem to grow in success, especially quickly, is that they are clear 
on what they want to do and clear on what they don't want to do, clear on where they bring the highest value, clear on where their weaknesses are, where they don't necessarily bring high value. So that's why we kind of introduced this concept with that freedom compass idea first, because getting assigned tasks that you don't like to do isn't the end of the world, because it's actually giving you an opportunity to bring clarity to what specifically about this is not a fit for me? What would be a better fit for me? The more clear you are on that, even if it's just in your own journal (laughs) at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. it's like magic. The faster you start to move in that direction. Like I've seen that even in your career in the two years I've been here, Courtney, where when I got hired at Michael Hyatt and Company, you were, um, you know, in a marketing director role, but you were clear whether or not you voiced it out loud all the time on where you wanted to be in the future. And I imagine there are some things you did when you were a director that you've, you know, since advancing, you you probably knew, oh, here are the things that I'm going to start delegating. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I guess that's the other way that comes to mind to upgrade your or to reframe your thinking is these tasks that I don't love are serving a purpose, either moving my career forward or just adding to my own clarity and therefore increasing the speed that I can move forward. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's like helping you. It's giving you the awareness to how to move a higher percentage into your desire zone. Exactly. Strategy number one was to reframe your thinking about these tasks that you know you may not have autonomy over. The second strategy is to upgrade your skills. Okay. Sometimes there are things that we don't like to do, mm-hmm. and it's not that the task in itself is, you know, really in our drudgery zone. It's just that we don't, we're not proficient at it yet. Yes. We don't have the skills, and so it feels hard. And so this strategy is, you know, how do you get better at that? So when that, when that task comes to you, you're like, I got this. Because I have the proficiency needed to be good at it and to enjoy it. Yeah. The better you get at something, the faster you get it done, Mm -hmm. the better you get it done. Mm -hmm. And typically, the more you end up enjoying it. Yeah. You know, stuff that used to take a full day can take a couple hours. That's exactly right. I mean, I think it becomes that task that you try to push off till the next day and then the day after that. And so now you've kind of waited through two days of just this friction and struggling in your head of, oh my gosh, this is coming. At some point I have to do it. Um, I know for myself, even um, being one of the new teammates on uh, Michael Hyatt and company staff a few years ago, uh, we had switched a uh, design software to one that I wasn't necessarily proficient at. And so I, I felt that friction because I had to you know design workbooks and layouts using a new software and it became that thing that was like, uh, I felt like everything was easier in the other in the other software. And um, I ended up just hopping on a Skillshare and, you know, taking a course on basic one on ones of InDesign. And that just helped fill in gaps and it helped me, you know, um, take a step forward and level up in, in my design skills using that software. Then everything was actually easier. And I felt like I had more creativity in the, 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 the newly upgraded skills that I had you know, access to. So. It's just knowing that that's what the problem is, identifying that and saying, oh, I don't like doing this because I feel like I don't do it well. 
So let me just say something and then, you know, learn how I can upgrade my skills and what what uh, I can access to do better at it or get better in it. I think this is so key because I think a lot of times we don't really have the awareness that this is what the problem is. You know, for me, I always get nervous about speaking or doing any kind of engagement. Like I dread doing this um, business accelerator coaching session with our clients um, and it comes up about once a quarter And it's so funny because once I've done it, I'm like, man, that was a blast. I loved it. And And you do great at it. They love you. They love it when you guys come in and do those. So, Well, thank you. I don't, you know, it just every time it is like this thing that I'm like, oh gosh, I have to do that again. But it's really as I get better, more skilled at it and and have more confidence, it's like, I, I really, really love doing it, but it's taking upgrading my skills to feel differently about it. I think in general, a good rule of thumb is the more you upgrade your skills, the more options you have mm. just in life. If you become mm-hmm. like greatness is a great way to go wherever you want to go. And and just like strategy one, you'll notice the theme with these strategies is that when you feel like I don't have any autonomy, these strategies are all completely under your control. It's under your control to upgrade your skills. Even if you feel like, well, I can't afford this big expensive course, start somewhere. I mean, goodness gracious, there is so much on YouTube, uh, free content, books. I mean, we've got a we've got a dozen, you know, if you want to upgrade your skills. Um, but the the more you engage with that, the more you will notice, oh, I've got options because I that task takes me less time. Or, you know what, when I become great at this, it's hard to deny it. You know, it's hard to deny that I bring so much value here. And Steve Martin said it this way, be so good they can't ignore you. I I do think, Verbs, your point of like, you just asked, you just raised your voice to say like, hey, I need help, you know, in this area. Sometimes it's as easy as like, you're really struggling with a financial report that you get that you've got to review. And all Mm -hmm. you need to do is say, hey, person in finance, can you just help give me a really good overview of like what all these acronyms mean and help give me some more training on these financial terms. And and that's all it takes. But again, it's like having the self-awareness and being being able to hone in to like what the problem is with the task. That kind of brings us to strategy number three, which is just speak up. There is an old saying that closed mouths don't get fed. So again, when you're looking at the entire, your path forward in your work career, whatever that looks like, or wherever you are right now in your workplace and wanting to hit more activities and tasks that you do love doing, that you are passionate about, that you are proficient of. And I'll say this before I let you guys comment on the strategy, but sometimes it's just us getting over our own embarrassment that we don't know how to do something or that imposter syndrome that I'm here, but I lack these certain skills. So maybe I shouldn't be here, but what are the opportunities that you have or the communication that you could have with your boss or your supervisor, whoever it may be, uh, do we, you can make this known because you know that the advantage is you, you have an opportunity to go to the next level. I think this is really important and I have lots of stories about this, but the question for everybody is, Does your boss know you're doing work you hate? I think there is a right way to go about this with your boss. And we're going to tell you exactly how to do that and a wrong way to do it. You know, just saying, you know, I don't want to do this because I hate this. Don't do that. 
and and all of you listening, you're too smart to do that anyways. I have somebody on my team, um, Natalie, who's our director of customer experience. Um, she came to me and said, I, you know, I really struggle with our webinar support. You know, I think if I reallocated my time and got somebody on my team to support that, I would actually be able to serve our customers better doing um, live chat, planning for these other things. She kind of told me, she cast a vision for what she wanted to do by not mm-hmm. being on webinar support. And I was like, oh yeah, obviously, yeah, do that. You know, um, basically she came to me and said, hey, there's a better way. There's somebody better on my team to do that. And this is how it's going to benefit you and the company. And I was like, no brainer, done, do it. Um, and so I think as you go and talk to your boss about this, really cast it in how is it going to be better for the company and you doing work you love is ultimately going to produce better results and your boss is going to care about better results. Yeah. Even the best boss in the world, when things are great and I'm sure deep down in their heart, you know, they put their arm around you and be like, oh, I want you to be so happy. I want you to have such a great time. But really what drives them is the bottom line what drives every bit a bit it's a business's job not to make sure that you're always happy and doing the work that you love it's not the business's job the business's job is to create profit by a high value exchange with a market so be familiar with what is driving your own business think more like an executive and less like someone that's a victim to someone's hard-nosed style of leadership and tasks that you don't like, become familiar with your, you know, if it's your immediate boss, what are the key metrics that they have to report on? What mm-hmm. what are the things that like they're in meetings about that are stressing them out? This is, you know, I'm in, I'm in sales. I love being in sales because it's really just about becoming a good listener and understanding and empathizing with what's driving really the other person. And that's what you're doing when you're speaking up, you're thinking, just like you give the example of Natalie, of going, you know what? Um, I I think I've got a way to help us get this big result even better than we're doing it right now. Can I talk to you about some of the ideas I have? You know, versus I get home and I feel tired and sad, and this is outside my big three, daggummit. Watch so, your French. Watch your French. You've already been to the UK. Yeah, sorry. This is a family podcast. I shouldn't have said, said that. I apologize. Well, I think that's what's so... What's so key about that is just even the awareness, even if your boss can't do something about it immediately, it puts, it gives them awareness of it. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, when they're working on hiring or, or, you know, they're trying to allocate resources, once they they have the awareness of it, you know, that's, that's so helpful. You know, as a leader, you don't know what you don't know, you know, and so help your boss out and do it in a way that is a win-win for everybody. And again, it's like if you never, if you don't ask, if you don't, if you don't communicate, you know, you're definitely not going to get it then. Um, and so, hopefully, these tools give you some some ways that you might go about that. Fourth strategy: Sometimes you have to make a change. You've got to make a change. This is something that I've had to do uh, a few different times. If you find yourself in a job that ultimately just is not a good fit for you and it's also not a good fit for where you want to go, 
it might be time to look elsewhere. And it doesn't even necessarily need to be with a different company. This could just be um, a different position. I mean, mm-hmm. in our own company, we've had people change teams, go from finance to training and from marketing to sales and probably a and dozen other products to coaching. Exactly. Yeah. So sometimes it's the, the easiest change probably to make is within people that already know, like, and trust you, which by the way, <laughs> goes back to an earlier point. If you see opportunities, the easiest opportunities to, uh, to get are the ones that you know about before a job posting ever goes up on LinkedIn. It's kind of like buying a house in Nashville. Like the best time to buy a house in Nashville right. is when you, you're driving by and it's just a, a, a lot of dirt, you know, and they haven't listed it yet. So think about that when you're deciding whether or not to procrastinate on tasks you don't like to do, because the more you show up in that stuff, the more likely you're going to be uh, considered for stuff within your company. But, you know, sometimes you, you got to make a change even outside the company. Um, For me, if I can just share a quick example of this, it wasn't just that I didn't love what I was currently doing. It was that ultimately I had to want to go where my boss, who is the CEO of the company, wanted to go. And I didn't really align. Like as time passed, I realized, oh, I actually don't align with the vision and I don't align with the way you want me to do sales. Like as I developed that skill set, I was like, actually, I have a different value system than you. So it's not about just upgrading skills. Like we will always have this friction. And so I think it might be time to look mm-hmm. elsewhere. And I think it's important to say also that those listening shouldn't count yourselves out of, hey, it may be necessary to make a change. Because if you are, one of the indicators is if you're if you're like 100% in a drudgery zone at your job you should know that you probably have more options that you think that could facilitate this change that needs to be made. Um, but yeah, prior to me coming to Michael Hyden Company and joining this team, um, it was just, I had a decision that I had to make based on where I saw myself. I asked myself that question, where do you see yourself in the next five years? And um, I knew that at that point I needed to make a change career-wise. And um, that's kind of what started the whole process and the journey for me coming to Michael Hyden Company. But yeah, you'd have to come to the point, how much do I love the drudgery that I'm living in to want it to continue it any longer? And what are my options that I could look into to change that? So, because change can be scary um, and it's it's easy to continue with what's familiar, even when we're unhappy, simply because it's familiar. Like some people can just live in that forever, but there's so much more that you can grab a hold of. Well, and I think the important thing here is if, you know, truly you're in your drudgery zone, if none of these first three strategies yield any results, you know, if you're like just stuck, ultimately you're not going to produce good work. You Mm -hmm. know, you're not going to get a promotion doing work you're very unhappy about. You know, people, (laughs) people can sense when you're unhappy, you know, it's no secret uh, when you don't love your work Um, and that's not going to get you the results that you most likely want. You know, mm-hmm. and so I think this is is really important. You know, we a lot of people love 
that what's familiar and it is making a job change is, is hard. Um, but the end result, you know, is hopefully you get a job. You love doing the work that it's, it's has more alignment with your desire zone. And then you get the results you want, you know, you get career advancement, you get new opportunities. Those things are, are really important. You get to choose your daily big three. <laughs> yeah. And you have more joy probably in your life. Exactly. You know, just, yep. just loving what you yep. do. So, Right. I mean, and that's, again, getting back to what our company is all about, winning at work and succeeding at life. You know, in that scenario, you are probably not winning at work. Um, and then, you know, that that impacts the other side of things. You know, you're probably not succeeding at life when you are uh, failing at work. You know, you probably don't come home and are not the most joyous person to be around, you know? So again, this is scary and it feels kind of like ominous now that we've brought this up, but I I think it's something that is, is important to consider as you weigh these. All right. So the good news is you don't have to feel stuck doing work that you hate. You can reframe your thinking, upgrade your skills, speak up and make a change. Blake, Courtney, any final thoughts for our focus on this listeners as we wrap up today? This season, if you feel overwhelmed, kind of going back to what I can't decide what tasks, I don't get to decide my tasks. Um, don't let that be an excuse to not control what you can control. No matter what, how big a business you may own someday or what you do in life, even if, when you're retired, if you retire someday, there's always going to be a category of stuff that you can't control and a stuff that you can control. So focus on what you can control and recognize that this, this season that you're in right now is going to give you options to prepare for the next season. So you may have more tasks assigned to you than just three for the day. Still go through the exercise of choosing a big three because you can build the skill set of determining what's the 20% that really will drive the 80% of results that I'm responsible for. And that's something that you get to control and experiment with and play with right now on somebody else's dime, to be honest, if, if you're an employee. So take advantage of what you can control now uh, and build those skill sets, learn what you like and what you don't like. And the more you recognize and appreciate those things that you can control, I think the easier it is to navigate that type of season uh, emotionally. Thanks for joining us on Focus on This. This is the most productive podcast on the internet. If you want to help us spread the word, make sure to leave a five-star rating and a written review wherever you listen to this podcast. We'll be here next week with another great episode. But until then, stay stay focused. focused. Focus, stay. Focus, stay. (laughs) That was really good. This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by our full focus referral program. Send $10 to a friend and earn $10 for yourself at fullfocusplanner.com slash share the love.